High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, theater kids, stoners, history buffs, and bros. Oh, and an extra special shout-out to my buddies in the forensic class. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the Slumber Party's at my house this evening, where we'll be chatting about 2017's My Friend Dahmer. And as it's Friday, and we're in class, we have a special guest student today. She's our guest from last week. Jenny O'Connell. Jenny, thanks for coming back. Thanks for having me back. And Jenny is back because I'm a terrible host. And last week we forgot to rate the movie. Last week's film was Get Over It. My bad. If you didn't see Get Over It or you didn't listen to last week's podcast, well, shame on you. You get a zero for the day. It's not too late. Please listen to it now. But for all intents and purposes, a zero. (laughs) I can't believe we talked forever about that crazy, silly movie and we forgot this whole part so again jenny i apologize but let's bang this out that's cool yeah yeah i know that's it's a little mind-boggling but let's do it so i've thought about this and i want to rate this movie on a scale of cisco's because cisco is one of the most fantastical parts about the film get over it so five cisco's being the best and one cisco being the worst or zero cisco's being the worst but i don't think it's gonna be a zero so jenny how would you rate this film on a scale of cisco's Okay, well, first of all, I have to say this is a system that we really need to adopt globally for measuring things. Like, I, I want to see restaurants rated, like, on a scale of one to five Cisco's. Songs rated on a scale of one to five Cisco's, you know? <laughs> well, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, but... Cisco is a, a 90s treasure. I mean, he gifted us the thong song. He gifted us this movie. And you may, maybe you don't like this movie as a gift, you know, like, but I would say that, you know, on the, the scale of Cisco's, which could also be a possible tongue twister, um, I would <laughs> rate this a three and a half Cisco. Yeah, I mean, I definitely would agree with that. I was actually going to rate it the same, three and a half Cisco's. Oh, what? Yes. <laughs> because the it's not terrible movie. It's not great movie, but there's a lot worse high school films. It made me laugh. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I thought it was really entertaining. I mean, you know, I was going in expecting it to be total crap, and it wasn't. It was pretty delightful for what it is yeah i mean martin short was amazing i thought the cast was fantastic i'm upset that you can't really find this film it's it's kind of annoying you know because it's not a terrible film and it's not something that it's not yeah i mean would i pop this in you know to watch like probably not but i don't hate it you know like it's pretty enjoyable it gave us the gift 
of Shane West's glorious accent. Like that, that performance is just spectacular. Yeah, and honestly, the more time passes, the more I kind of think that that accent was on purpose. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think I was a little bit rough on him initially, but thinking more about it, I give him the benefit of the doubt that he really was in that character and he just he committed. It was natural and seamless. And like if they want to teach a class at an acting conservatory, just a full semester on the Shane West method acting accent course not the name i'm terrible with (laughs) but you know just like i i would sign up i would just throw money at that you know to teach me that beautiful accent yeah yeah the psychological mind games he's played on us he he won he won because i'm convinced you win shane west i'm convinced that accent was bad on purpose Yep, you're you're an underrated prince, and I applaud you. <laughs> so now that we got that out of the way, uh, let's discuss the assignments for last week. We are in day 16 of the John Cusack Twitter embargo. Yes, John Cusack has still blocked this page's Twitter Twitter account for some silly, silly reason. No one seems to be grabbing that uh, extra credit here and convincing John Cusack to unblock me, but whatever, it's out there. I'm convinced that one of my loyal listeners will convince the Cusack man to bring us back on board because we want to be friends with John Cusack. We're not anti-Cusack here. But the Cusack blocking struggle continues. Maybe next week we'll have more news on that. Your second assignment was to watch My Friend Dahmer. Jenny, have you seen My Friend Dahmer? I have not, no. I don't even know who's in it really or what it... I mean, I'm assuming it's about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah. it's like a- that's... Yeah, it's actually pretty That's good. That's all I got. It's not a bad film. Oh, okay. It's from 2017, so pretty recent. Like I said, one of the most recent films I've ever done a podcast on. And uh, it stars um, a couple of newer people, some Disney people. Anne Heche, I would say, is the most established name in it. And she plays Jeffrey Dahmer's mom. But it's actually a pretty cool like yes. indie film about like the origins of Jeffrey Dahmer. Actually, like again, me being a bad host, I recorded this previously with Alex Schroeder, who's my guest today. However, I forgot to do my whole read the VHS DVD Blu-ray thing. So you're in for a treat, Jenny, since you're not familiar with the film. I'm gonna read yeah. I'm gonna read the back of the Blu-ray now. Awesome. Disney's Ross Lynch stars as awkward adolescent Jeffrey Dahmer before he became one of America's most infamous serial killers. Based on the acclaimed graphic novel, this is a haunting and sad Funny, true story of Dahmer in high school. You know what that sound means. Pack your favorite jammies. Let your mother know you're sleeping over Brian's, because after the break, we're about to get our party on. Thanks, Jenny, for stopping by this week and tying up these loose ends. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me back at Slumber Party. (laughs) Well, For the second time in like a month, take it away, Neil Sedaka. Class dismissed.
no, no, don't say it like that. Like, don't, don't. I don't like serial killers. I am interested. Well, in... no, I mean it's a fair thing to talk about because it's 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 fascinating. It's fascinating, like, but why? I feel like like I'm not into the true crime thing. Uh huh. I'm not against it, but it's not. It's something I kind of mentioned on our PSL of Hoffman podcast episode mm. for In Cold Blood. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Capote. But yeah, in yeah, Cold yeah, Blood, yeah, yeah. Thing. I remember. <laughs> I <laughs> remember. It's not something that I'm. I'm not, like, so much in the true crime world. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people on the outside are like, what aspect of it is, like, exactly. literally the killers themselves? Right. Or, or the crimes or the whole crime-solving aspect? Or, I mean, like... There's the- a huge stigma about people who are interested in it. I mostly am interested in the why. Like, why the hell would mm. someone do this? How are people put in this position so I don't get murdered? Fair. Yeah. <laughs> But it's it's that huge why because it's different with every killer, every rapist, everybody. So it's like an ever changing. Do you think thing. that uh, the fame that serial killers end up getting motivates them, or is it just irrelevant? I I Not mean, something I've always thought about. Well, I mean, there are some that do want that notoriety. There was one serial killer that wanted to be known, and so he put a lot of his. Well, not a lot of his, but he put one of his killings on YouTube. Ooh. Um, oh, what's his name? That has to violate the, he, the YouTube policy. Oh, it has to. In okay. some, I mean, I don't know. There's like <laughs> Facebook killers out now. I don't know if you've heard about some of these guys. Let's hope Why? it's not the start of something. Yeah. No, absolutely. I feel like that's one of the stigmas around, uh, I guess, fans. Fans is again, a fans terrible word. Fans of true word. crime. Yes, fans you, of Yeah, true you can crime. say that. Not fans of serial killers. Yes. But I, I feel like... With when I read things on the internet, it's almost like they want not you, but there are certain people who feel like they want someone else to be killed. Be like, oh, could this be like, not that's a bad way to phrase it. I'm sorry. Are you saying that they're trying to find a pattern to link it to somebody yes, else that's to what make I mean. it not big? like they want someone to get murdered, but they're they're. I mean, I guess the only way to explain like that kind of wanting, <laughs> uh, like very lightly, is because they want um, more clues. As to who this person was. I, guess I mean, that makes like sense. finding, you know, the Golden State Killer, uh, jo- Joseph James D'Angelo, was a is a really big deal. I mean, it was a huge deal in Nashville this year. So, I mean, that was exciting. But yeah, and and uh, you brought up Nashville. That's something I was going to ask you about as well. You just returned from CrimeCon. I did. It was incredible. I mean, I'm I'm still exhausted because you know. That's another thing about this true crime community. Uh, yes, there was crime con. This is the second year it's been held. This year it was in Nashville. Uh, but it is all pertaining to victimology. It's all about the victims or the thrivers, as mm. we say. Not just survivors, but thrivers. Ah. Um, and mm. the people who solve these crimes. It's not at all glorifying serial killers. Those are the bad guys. We want to be superheroes. Good. I mean, that, that's... I mean, that's- Makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, you are Alexandra Schroeder. Oh. <laughs> I want to get in more into CrimeCon, but I thought people might want to know who you are. Yeah, yeah. So, welcome to my slumber party. Yeah, so fun. So that, this kind of conversation, I feel like, maybe not appropriate for a child slumber party. No. But, but I think it happens. <laughs> I remember kind of talking about serial killers and stuff at slumber oh, yeah. parties in high school. I mean, I was <laughs> kind of a precursor to what I'm into now, but yeah, definitely. So that's exactly what I was going to ask. Was this something, your true crime thing now? I mean, we're in a great era for it in terms of wanting information and finding information. Internet, yeah. podcasts, TV, yeah. you know, 
things on demand. This is like oh, Oxygen ID channel. Like <laughs> they're like know. nineteen true crime channels. Seriously, there really was. I mean, I remember watching Nancy Grace on. Um, I think she went from Court TV to Headline News, and then HLN. Yes, like yes, yeah, yeah, Headline yeah. News turned I don't know. That's the Nancy. I don't know. So this is something then you've been interested in since your youth. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. So uh, on this podcast, we always introduce mm-hmm. ourselves. So. Mm-hmm. Say your name and where you went to school. Oh, okay. Um, my name is Alex uh, Schroeder. If you want to look me up, please don't. Uh, <laughs> I went to school in San Marcos, Texas, uh, San Marcos High, class of 07, I believe. I, I was fun senior year, so I don't really <laughs> recall exactly. Um, but yeah, I went to San Marcos High for a little bit, and then I transferred over to Pride Center, which was sort of like a sister school of St. Marcus High because I was doing a lot of uh, extra work mm. in Austin. And so I needed cool. that half day to go travel to Austin. Uh, I yeah, see. Yeah. So does the second school have a sports team? No. Okay. Didn't no. sound like a kind of like, school with a sports I'm team. I'm not knocking down Pride Center at all, but it was a lot of uh, single mothers, uh, like teen moms, and people who were working to support gotcha. their families. I was just a little bit more bougie. So, <laughs> I, like, I want to be an actor, so I have to only go half a day. I'm assuming San Marcos, though, a, a sports team. Oh, oh, yeah. Feels we're like the Rattlers. Te- we the were Rattlers. The we're Rattlers, like yeah. Rattle, it was like Rattle Rattlers. Uh, or, absolutely. Know. Everyone would bring maracas. Like, oh, it was really? A bit, yeah, it was oh, a big awesome. Thing. We had a really nice uh, football team for a while. I was going to say, that, that's Texas, right? Texas. God, family, and football. <laughs> that is, that's Texas. So did you have the typical high school experience? What were you like in high school? I was in the theater program. Cool. Uh, so I had a whole bunch of friends uh, <laughs> that we would all work on different plays that were all very horribly done. <laughs> I laugh because I feel like that always follows. <laughs> What's that? Whenever someone tells me they're in the theater program, they tell me about the, the usual bad plays that they did. Well, you know, when you're in it, you think like you're the best puck that would ever oh. occur on stage for Midsummer Night's Dream. Robin you were the Goodfellow. best. I had a really tight knit group of friends, which was really cool. This thing was is that like yeah in, in Texas football is a big thing mm-hmm. but the school was actually pretty inclusive like you definitely had your jocks you know you had your gothic kids um that went on to be like graphic designers gothic Americans yeah yeah <laughs> um you know and your gangsters and all that stuff but you know when we would go to parties everybody would then really congregate and that's cool hang out. yeah no it was actually a pretty so good like, experience that's more like a movie party it uh, was literally a movie party the red cups and everything oh absolutely oh, awesome. red solo cups <laughs> everywhere people would bring liquor that they swiped from their parents or their parents would buy them the liquor to bring to the party that happened quite a bit um <laughs> so it was it was a really good experience i actually really enjoyed it so from what put, i remember would you put your <laughs> would you put yourself in any genre oh like cl- click like clicks or, you know, Besides the theater person? I I mean, like, I, I have myself in my favorite outfit in my head. I guess I was just a, I was a social butterfly. I got along with everybody, so I feel like I was just, I was. I, I guess I would say I was a partier. I was very social. So you mentioned you had a favorite outfit. I just got to mm-hmm. ask, did it have a lot of denim? Because you are a big fan of the denim now. <laughs> I know that. You're like the queen. I call you the the denim queen sometimes. Oh, thank you, thank you. No, yeah, it was a lot of denim. So you I, stay true to your roots. I'm glad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's you know, you just you you're born a certain way, and you just kind of you kind of it kind of follows you. No, yeah, I had a lot of denim. Uh, I had a favorite pair of jeans. Actually, um, my 
best girlfriend and I uh, growing up. She, we, we were, we were growing up in a certain or different cities um, throughout high school. But what we would do is before skinny jeans was a big deal now, as it is now, uh, we would take our jeans, cut them, and then sew each other into our jeans to make them skinny jeans. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very Ramones. We would sew ourselves in. Or, or kind of the sisterhood of the traveling pants. I really doubt anyone could fit in this kind of jeans that I would sew myself into. Like definitely like laying on the bed to get like that tiny, tiny waist, you know. So how did you get out of them then? Like were they that? Oh, they were, yeah, they were tight as hell. No, no, they were, they, they were the kind of jeans, like the stretchy jeans, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They weren't like real jeans. Like I, like I just squeeze myself into now and pretend like they fit. No, no, they were like those, those like, um, stretchy jeans that you would get from like, Target or uh, uh, Papaya, I think was a store. Oh, I think store. I, that was like a mall store, right? Yeah, yeah. Is there a Papaya up here? There, I remember as a kid there was one in in the mall that I grew up near. So okay, no, they were just like super, super skinny, like skinny, stretchy jeans. So I just made, needed to make them skinnier. Did you, so did you hang out? At the mall a lot, or did you? Or was it more of a city thing? Like, where was your hangout spot? Oh, hangout spots. They were always by the movie theater. Ah. Like sometimes you wouldn't even go see a movie, but there was a Fuddruckers right across from nice. the street. So you'd go and get a burger, <laughs> you know, a, a few of those milkshakes, and then you'd just hang out in front of the movie theater just to see who was going on dates with who. And oh wow. Oh yeah. So that was a that was an absolute blast. But other than that, it was just mostly at friends' places. Like you mentioned, the parties. I am mm-hmm. jealous of those parties. I wasn't much of a partier in high school. Not that I wasn't invited. I just wasn't, you know, I didn't really go to a high school where there was that stereotype of parties happening. Mm-hmm. So it was always like now doing this podcast, I'm really troubled by that because <laughs> I always watched those movies and I thought like, oh, it's just for Hollywood. Like no, no way all these people hang out. Nowhere these red solo cups everywhere in this house. And Well, you have to, you have to think Texas is a really it's very spacious. Even in the cities, people have backyards. True. Um, so we would just shove ourselves in those backyards and have parties. So it wasn't unheard of to have a huge party when the parents were away, you know, because everyone had that backyard space. Wow. And like, again, I'm just, I hear this from all these people and I'm super jealous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so like you mentioned, you got kind of into, I don't think it was even called true crime at the time, or if it was, people weren't saying it. No, I, I mean, I don't remember what it was called back then, because again, I would watch Nancy Grace with my mom, you know, just, oh my stars, like, what is this lady doing today? You know, it wasn't called true crime, I don't recall. It could have been. I mean, but. I just have memories as a kid of Nancy Grace, and just like... Yelling a lot. It's her. <laughs> this is just the memory I have. Yes, yelling a lot, but I picture it now, like her talking head on the TV and that Jean Benet like photo of her. Oh and, like, yeah. The, the, and the I don't even know what it is. Uh, the beauty pageants, the beauty pageants which were another stuff. big thing in Texas. So I was like, what's so weird about that? <laughs> loved her though. Absolutely loved her, and I still do to this I was day. Say, I, I know you said you're still a big Nancy Grace fan. Didn't you tell me she does like two or three podcasts a day? Oh yeah, no, she <laughs> she updates her podcast. Of of course, being in the true crime community, uh, a big way that we find out about stuff or learn more about stuff is through podcasts. And because podcasts have become become such a big thing, I feel like true crime has become a big thing I mean, as well because of that. There's a million. Crime crime things. And you answered oh, a lot yeah. of the questions that I was going to ask because I wanted to know if it was like, you know, like Comic-Con. 
kind of, well, but 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 you kind of. of answered my question in a good way. You said it's like a lot. It's very victim based. Yes, which 100%. is good. Like because that's some things. The movie we're going to talk about today, my friend Dahmer. Yes. I was a little afraid about like that. Maybe it's like glorifying Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, and we'll discuss if it does. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Because I definitely do have. Opinion. Yeah. Uh, my friend Dahmer, 2017. I had not heard this movie until you mentioned it to me a couple months ago. Yeah. I had mentioned that I was thinking about doing this podcast, and mm-hmm. you brought this movie up to me right away. And I was like, Absolutely. I had heard about it like a little bit, but I had no idea what it was about. I'm like, that's a high school movie. Yeah. I just assumed it was like probably some cheesy uh, Jeffrey Dahmer story about him in Milwaukee killing people. Right. Well, that's the thing is that like, you know, most of these serial killer movies are starting at the first victim. What my friend Dahmer was is kind of going back to like the roots of, I was going to say the roots of the problem, but that was not the start of these red flags that Mm -hmm. um, the family was even seeing. Although I'm sure like Joyce Dahmer would say that she didn't see anything at all. Um, But yeah, it's going back to how he was before all these murders happened. I think this is a a very good movie for the time that we live in, in terms of with all these people who are into true crime, Mm -hmm. because it it feels like a prequel to something that we know is going to happen. Though there's not, I mean, maybe, I don't know if there's a Jeffrey Dahmer movie. There's certainly not a good one, right? There was one... um, I had seen it, like, I think on the Netflix or the Hulu, uh, <laughs> but I was never really interested in it because it didn't really look as factually based other than uh, that little known fact that Jeffrey Dahmer would sometimes wear these yellow contacts. Oh, wow. I didn't know Weird that. fact, right? <laughs> I, weird I, fact. I mean, I totally forgot about it. Um, but the actor also didn't really look like Jeffrey. And so, uh, you know, it kind of pulled me out of it, and I was like, this is going to be yeah, hardcore which, again, dramatized. I, I'd never and... heard of it, so I'm not saying if I haven't heard of a movie, it's not good, but I just knew there was never, like, a really good one. And a lot of these, like, real serial killer movies yeah. are not that great. Like, mm-hmm. they're not known for being amazing. Some of the more amazing serial killer films are ones that just take elements of stories and create a fictional character. Because sometimes it's really hard to stay right. true to that, and you don't want to, like bastardize the real story either so i would say um, my own opinion is that my friend Dahmer is very factual incredibly Which um, is great to hear no yeah from his own account um even today i was watching some interviews about him and uh it's all very very linear so i mean this is a great movie for those interested in true crime, I would definitely say that, and those who are just curious. I would say uh, it does help to know the story. Yes. Um, if you're, if <laughs> you're gonna, tell you. no, if you're gonna go into this, like, I don't know who Jeffrey Dahmer is, and I know who Jeffrey Dahmer is, and I feel like most people do. But then I was watching an interview with the actor who plays him. Um, what's his name? Uh, his name Ross Lynch. Ross Lynch. Yeah. And he's who like, is this kid? <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't know who he was, so I guess it's fair, but I saw an interview yeah. and he was like, I had no idea who Jeffrey Dahmer was when I was offered the role. Well, he's also like 19, isn't he? I know. He was like, in some Disney, well, what was this Disney movie he was in? A teen beach movie? <laughs> Yikes, okay. Maybe and then you're going to jump? Okay. I mean, hey. I mean, <laughs> that might be a good one, actually, I, I, he, after this. <laughs> who knows? I know he's famous from another show, and we'll get into the cast yeah, a yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, of course. But he had never uh, heard of Jeffrey Dahmer, and I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird. It might be good 
because he has no preconceived notions and he can jump to the role. Right. But I, I this is to me a prequel of a, a, not a prequel of a film, but a prequel of like what the average person knows about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes. Not even you, like someone who knows so much about Jeffrey Dahmer or like who's really into these uh, serial killers. Not again. You're fascinated not because you want to be one or you enjoy it. Of I want course. to make it clear. I want to well, make I mean, clear. I mean, come on. There, there. In order for there to be a victim who we should glorify, there needs to be a bad guy. Yeah. So, and those, you know, again, like serial killers should not be forgotten because we need to learn what their pattern was to then try to figure out future bullshit that happens to and, people. And this is a great film, I think, for that because it's sort of dissecting a. Mm-hmm emotional and pivotal time in his life but also everyone's life like oh come on yeah (laughs) think of some of the silly things you said or did or thought or felt in high school I mean like just going um back to myself in high school with you know also keeping in mind my friend Dahmer I mean he was a class clown yeah Uh, which uh, this is stuff I did not know oh yeah he was an absolute class clown um and it was all like uh like a oh, self-deprecating self-deprecating thank you so much uh self-deprecating humor that he used and that was absolutely me i would make people laugh with my own dumbness i would totally make fun of myself and then feel kind of low about it but at least i had people laughing and you know that sounds a little dark but you know no, what i mean no, no, you know no, what i, I mean i totally get it like yeah. and th- th- what this what's weird about this movie and i say weird because i expected before I did any of my research, I expected mm-hmm. this that this might be like some kind of thriller or or a horror film even. Mm-hmm. And this is just honestly a high school film. Like this 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 yeah. fits this podcast and this genre so much to it to a T that it was it's exactly that's it's, why I thought of it. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's such and even the trailer. If you watch the trailer, it it kind of indicates that things are. The trailer feels more thriller-like than the movie ends up being, if that makes sense. It's also the music. Yes, yes. Obviously. Like, uh, in trailers, that's what they do to catch you, but... There are some trailers that are, like, great. This is, I would call, a misleading trailer. Mm -hmm. Not that it doesn't make the movie seem... It doesn't make the movie seem, like, bad or something. It's just... It's like I said. It feels more like a thriller from the trailer, and more this. It's more of like a study piece. Yes. It's a slow build film, which I enjoyed. Eighty-three percent of the critics like this, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Only sixty-four yes. percent of the audience, which is not bad. These are both decent scores. That is a big drop off. Yes. Um, and I was I, noticing that. I just think that maybe this film is not for everybody, in terms of. Maybe some people did go in thinking they were going to see a scary movie or a killer movie. I think movie. that's what it mostly was. Uh, this was definitely like a more moodier piece. Absolutely, um, it's an indie film. It's not like this is not a big oh, film. Like, the, oh just yeah, to be clear. If you haven't heard of it, um, twenty seventeen is probably the. It might be the most recent film I've ever done a podcast on. Really? Um, so it, it's a little, a little different for me because it's not necessarily a nostalgia film, but right. it takes place in the seventies. Yeah, seventy eight. Well, 78 was when he was senior year, yeah. I think it it does a really good job at, like, 70s high school um, stuff. It doesn't overdo it in terms of... It didn't feel kitsch, you know? Okay. They were dressed very, very... What, you have some issues? Uh, feel free to disagree. Yeah, well, no, no, no. no. I feel like uh, the main cast was dressed extremely well. Um, John Backdurf, or Durf, as, uh, which is actually the graphic novel that this movie is based yeah, on. Yeah, so this movie is based on a graphic novel. I would love novel. to talk about that. His, uh, his and his buddies and, of course, Jeffrey Dahmer's um, 
costumes were on point. I will say that uh, there were some of the uh, extras that I was like, oh, I saw that at Forever 21, like literally <laughs> last week. Um, but this and, is the difference between you and me here. Right. The first time I saw this movie was two days ago. Oh. How many times have you seen this film? Oh, man, you're really no, no, no. You're calling me out here. We always um, Well, no, I've seen this film about five times, and... Three of those times we're trying to make people watch it. You <laughs> Don't know, you love that. That's very slumber party esque too. I oh, remember, it is. I, I mean, being in high school, my like, roommate, my roommate was really, really nice about it. I'm like, he's starting to get like a little spark of true crime, nice. and so he was interested in it. And so, of course, I made him watch it, but paused it in between and went, "Oh, this is true. Actually, this is true. This actually did happen." Oh, wonderful. Yeah. So it's been a few times. Um, most of them showing people being into true crime. True is the highlighted word. That's why I mostly watch documentaries, to be honest with you, mm. um, is that I like movies based on fact. And this one is very factual other than that last scene. <laughs> we, oh, so we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You definitely know more about the story than I do. What mm-hmm. I know about Jeffrey Dahmer yeah. is a couple things. Like I know, you know, he was active in Milwaukee. Act, I believe he was active in like... Uh, like gay strip clubs, not strip clubs, gay bars or something like that, right? I just have these visuals of like the trial and just like him kind of watching all the victims' families. Like, oh, that was at intense. Him. I, I know, was actually like, watching uh, the victim impact statements. Yeah, today. That, uh, that's what that's called. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that like is always has stuck in my mind how just powerful. Yeah, but uh, um, that was. He would sometimes troll the gay bars. Um, a lot of his victims they weren't gay. Um. Uh, I'm not going to quote him exactly his words, um, but he was saying how he didn't care what their sexual orientation was. All mm. that mattered was his. Um, oh, I guess that's... Yeah, yeah but he would he would show <laughs> the fairly, gay bars. You know, um, he would pay people sense. for, quote, modeling jobs, which was another way that he would get people back. Um, how he got Stephen Hicks was just, hey, man, you want to keep partying? Because he picked him up after um, a concert. Which is the last scene here. The la- Yeah, the absolute last scene... Um, so I misspoke earlier, but uh, the absolute last scene was him picking up his first uh, murder victim, Stephen Hicks. Okay. It was about two weeks after his graduation. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's just these are the things that stuck out at me. But like I know I I knew kind of like the facts of the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the two people who might not enjoy this film are again the people who expected like a a serial killer silence. Of they the wanted Lambs gore. Kind of they wanted to see that first murder. I'm or sure the opposite of people who just have no idea what's going on. And maybe a lot of them are kids who follow uh, the lead actor oh, the from kid. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and since he didn't know, maybe just, they don't know. And they're like, what, like, why is this, why are we following this weird kid this entire time? Cause right. if, if you did not know he was a serial killer, and you just watch this movie like it was a piece of fiction. Right. And you're just watching this. You're like, where is this leading to? Where is this leading to? And then the ending would kind of just be, a little bit. He went on to kill someone. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. it's almost silly. So I get where certain people might not have connected if they, for some reason, did like live under a rock and did not know the story. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, though, I think I, w- I was pleasantly surprised by this film. Good, I'm glad. I've, I've been dying to know what you felt about it. No, I definitely put myself in that upper echelon of. Uh, I mean, I didn't notice those like anachronisms with the actor, uh, with the extras and stuff. But well, I, I thought they was. Pretty I mean, that's curious. just that's just like me looking at it and going like i've seen this extra twice she's walked past where is she going like you know fair, uh, fair. they were leaving the mall and now they're suddenly coming back what's what's going on what so you they mentioned forget? um durf 
I believe yeah, this is his John, name. Uh, yeah, Durf, Durf, back Durf. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the Durf come from the back Durf part. Yeah, okay, yeah, so that's what I'm assuming. Because <laughs> if, any, if any parent named their child Durf, back Durf, I'm going to slap them <laughs> because that's so mean to do. Uh, but yeah, I think that was a nickname. Um, I don't exactly know how it was coined or anything like that. But and yeah. he, he wrote a graphic novel. Have yes. you seen or read this graphic novel? Yeah, yeah, I own it. It's, oh, wow. So yeah, it's fantastic. Is it good? So you like it? Though. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the illustrations are great. Um, at, at first, I was like, oh, I don't like this. It kind of reminds me of Ren and Stimpy, which scared me out as a kid. See this button? Don't touch it! It's the history eraser button, you fool! So what'll happen? That's just eat. We don't know. Um, <laughs> so like, oh no, I don't That's like it. That's what scares you. Yeah. Oh hell so yeah. Ren Stimpy was like, oh my god, it <laughs> it's was very jarring. Intense. It's very intense. It's so jarring. Uh, no, but I yeah, I read the graphic novel. This was before I even knew it was going to be a movie. Uh, I had read the graphic novel because, of course, I'm interested in true crime. Um, and Jeffrey Dahmer is is one of those serial killers that I am interested in because he was so very different from a lot of the serial killers that I look into. Uh, but it was a great graphic novel, literally just coming from Durf's friendship. It's weird. I don't think I've ever, I mean, I'm not a big graphic novel guy, but I don't think I've ever certainly read or seen or honestly, frankly, heard of a, like, nonfiction graphic novel. Yeah. No. Like, from somebody who knew the person. Not right. Just like, like, I'm trying to rack my brain, too. And I, I guess the don't... three, you know, 300 is technically nonfiction because, you know, like... That, I mean, supposedly that might have happened, I mean... but like I think it's like it's fictionalized, you know. Right. I think I just always assume a graphic novel is going to take something and almost comic book it, like to an yeah. extent where someone has powers or you know. Like, no, that's what <laughs> I always magical. thought too. Yeah. So, like... so when I heard of it, I'm like, well, this is based on a graphic novel, which I didn't know, mm-hmm. and this is a true story. So I, I, I went in this cold turkey. I didn't do any research on the film. I like to do my research after if I haven't mm. seen a film. Because I, I just don't want like preconceived notions about the film uh, aspects of things. Right. And I was like, wait a minute. Are they inventing this whole story that he had like friends in, in high school and like they you know fooled around with him, the Jeffrey Dahmer fan club? Because I'm like, this is really convenient. And then it's I was incredible. like, let me pause and look it up and see if this is actually like... Like if they made this up, because that's gonna really piss me off. And yeah. I'm like, oh, holy shit! This like, <laughs> so I, I was happy, but also like very surprised that like this is a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I kind of definitely relate to that group of friends. Um, I would like, uh, like as fucked up as it is, I think I might have been in the same position. Like, let me take this guy who seems kind of funny but a little off, and let's have fun with it. Because I, I mean. Agree or disagree? We can open dialogue about this before. I do want to get into the cast, but of course, we can open yeah, dialogue yeah. with this quickly. Really like, quick. do you think? Because I think this is the whole what this one of the things that what this movie comes down to. <clears throat> like, do you think that they were bullying him? Do you think that they were actually his friends? Do you think it's some kind of combination? You know, this was actually something after seeing the film for the first time in theaters um, that I wrestled myself with. I will say that at the time, you wouldn't think that it's bullying. Because they're laughing, they're giggling, they're into it. Certainly not, because we see the bully as like that typical. Well, like, like the, oh, the physical, you, you know? yeah, like, like calling you a yeah. fag or something. Like, I'm um, gonna steal your lunch money. No, but this was more of like an emotional, like holding friendship over them. Well, kind of, like not necessarily with this film. Uh, I guess maybe things that I saw, or maybe even things that I did. But yeah, I would, I would see this as a, a form of bullying. I would, and. 
yeah, definitely watching this film, I was like, fuck, I was an asshole, maybe. I, I thought the same thing I was in the same myself. Like, I was in the same boat as Jeffrey, but also in the same boat as Durf and of Mike, and uh, I forget the other friend's name, I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, no, like, it, there were a lot, like, this film was great for that. Yeah, so actually. if you haven't seen it, um, this is not just about Jeffrey, yes, it is Jeffrey Dahmer's childhood, but also about, about a group of friends Mm-hmm. who somewhat befriend him. They call themselves Jeffrey Dahmer Fan Club, and they kind of do pranks. Doing a Dahmer. Yeah, doing a Dahmer, apparently, and apparently that was a real thing. Yes, yeah, hurricane drills <laughs> is a big thing. And they would just kind of use Dahmer to somewhat a proto-fight club thing, and just, not literally fighting, but in terms of just chaos, just causing some kind of for-fun chaos in their well, high their school. their senior year, and they didn't have, like, <sighs> MySpace. So what else <laughs> could they do? And they actually did pranks this and stuff. Is, we've had a paradigm shift in the conversation about uh, bullying. Because, again, I always pictured the bully as that big guy. And we all knew the bully in high school. But then when you watch a film like this, you realize, like, at least for me, like, oh, shit. I was kind of a bully, too, to some people. Yeah. Like, in a more borderline fucked up kind of way. Right. <laughs> it, it was a little bit more, like, um, psychological bullying. Oh. But not in the sense of, like you know, saying that, oh, I'm going to murder your puppy or something like that. It was more of like, you know, hey, dude, like, I, I dare you to go up to, exactly. to Cindy over there and, like, tell her she's pretty. <laughs> you know, like, literally, like, I don't, little and, stuff like that. And what's so scary to me about this film, and while it's not a traditional horror film or anything like that, what's scary is me thinking back, like, if Jeffrey Dahmer went to my high school, Mm-hmm. Would I be one of these guys doing this and not think anything of it? Sadly, I think I would definitely be on the sidelines laughing as to when the first time he did, who was doing a Dahmer, for sure. <sighs> like, I think so. And I mean, like, it was silly. It, but it, make, it, it makes you really think, you know, it makes you think. Yeah. Like what cre- now, I don't want to necessarily say create, because he obviously had things wrong with him, mm. you know, and a lot was going on. As None well. of this so is I, ever an excuse. I don't believe that they made him the serial killer he became. No. I think it was a lot of stuff that we can always get into. Um, For sure. We can sure. delve into, but yeah, absolutely. So Durf wrote the graphic novel after mm-hmm. having these experiences. Yeah. Mark Myers was the director, kind of an indie director. I wasn't too familiar with his work. Neither was I. He wrote it as well. This was a very popular screenplay in, in 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And then like kind of the buzz kind of gained. He got the funding and made... The, the film mm-hmm. 2017 like i said it was released um i i like that this is an indie film and not a big budget film because i think that's the way that it, like it needed to be done it's kind of filmed a lot of the filming locations are on location of actual jeffrey dahmer things right yeah um they actually did film in jeffrey dahmer's house which is crazy and they real they rebuilt uh the hut wow exactly where it was where it was uh, yeah, it was, um, it was in Bath, uh, which is right so- outside of Akron, Ohio. Um, so when they were down, uh, on location and they were allowed to go onto the property, cause I think, uh, there was a tenant there who, th- there's no way they had no idea, but <laughs> apparently they had no idea that they were living in the Jeffrey Dahmer house. Um, they went wow. down to the backyard, which is a beautiful, it's a beautiful area. It looks beautiful. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous. So woodland I would, I would have loved to grow up there. Yeah. I mean, you, have, you would think it's somewhat of an ideal childhood if you're somebody who loves nature. Right. Um, but they went to the backyard and I, I guess at that time they had taken a uh, Durf as well just to kind of be like, hey, does anything look familiar? 
and the Durf, actual Durf, the actual Durf, the okay, real Durf. Because I know um, I, I was reading he served as kind of like a. No, I mean, they didn't just option. He did foresee it. Well, he didn't like have any real say, but he was just there going like, "Oh yeah, that's like they that's asked him cool. questions." He was like kind of like a consultant. Exactly. Um, so they were like out in the backyard, and Durf was thinking of somewhere else, but then they stumbled upon the um, actual foundation and the actual broken up wood. It was like, you know, there was like decades of of vegetation over it, but it was the actual hut. And so they had cleared that out and rebuilt it. Jeez. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Again, that's why I love this movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, everything inside the house as well was um, time-wise accurate. I don't know if it was like... You know, like this was the actual like footstool or whatever, no, the actual dwapes I mean, or anything like that. Still, like the the the, <clears throat> the level of authenticity. Now, some mm-hmm. people, if you haven't seen the movie, might think that like might be a little bit sacrilegious, and I get that. Like you know, because someone you know. But on the other hand, if you're trying to tell a true story, it has to be true. Yeah, like what better way, like to have access to that? Like it, this is this is a study piece. You know, we're, yeah. we're trying to study. It's almost like. A documentary. It's much more, I think, true to life than, for example, off the top of my head, like American Crime Story. Just there was just one with uh, Andrew Cunanan oh. and, and. Oh, are you talking about Versace. the uh, Versace? Oh, I want to see it so bad. I haven't seen it yet, but I know the Versace family was pretty pissed off. Oh, I'm uh, fucking sure. But that to me is OJ more... one was incredible though. Yeah, I love the OJ one. I want to die. That to me though, both those are more entertainment and yeah. while of course this is a film this is entertainment that's why i said i like that it's an independent film it's yeah. not a big hollywood studio saying you have to do things this way you know you have to change the story here so we get more whatever you know yeah more, yeah more, more viewership yeah, or exactly something, yeah like they they made a really really awesome effort to stay as true as possible most of the time i think i saw something though the director said then the graphic novel doesn't have so much of the family dealings Right. Well, Durf didn't know all about that stuff. Which I respect for him. He didn't, like, try to fill in the gaps, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But the Durf, I mean, you kind of have to, though, for the film, so I totally understand. And, and I mean, this was uh, when Durf started the graphic novel. It was right after uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was convicted of everything. So this was, like, a few years, few years later than the actual high school dealings because Jeffrey totally dropped off the map map with everybody. He wasn't at all in communication with his high school friends. So that's they why, probably forgot about him. It's such a unique look from, honestly, such a unique voice in Durf. It's so it's funny, because we keep saying Durf, but he prefers to be called Durf. I that's think. the thing, yeah. Yeah, so it's We not could like... say back Durf, but I know him as Durf. <laughs> no, it's true, it's true. <laughs> Name sounds like a fart, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, so, so we said Mark Myers. Um, mm-hmm. so... Yeah, Mark Myers, yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't really know too much about. It. I was looking into his, uh, yeah, I was looking into his IMDb, and I didn't really know too much. No, he, he's he's definitely like an indie filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So, quick run through of the cast. Um, we mentioned Ross Lynch. Um, this is like he's like a Disney darling, but I think he's <laughs> think he's a little younger than um, you know when I was. The last Disney darling I can kind of remember is like Zac Efron, you know, like that era. Ooh, he's <laughs> going to be in a serial killer movie as well. Oh, yeah. Very, right. really looking forward to that one. That one's uh, another one that's based on fact. Uh, he looks exactly like Ted Bundy. Yeah, it is Ted fucking Bundy. frightening. I, you know, I didn't even think about that. Like, <laughs> what is so this? Excited. Like, let's use Disney people for serial killers? I mean, hey, they have a lot of darkness, I'm sure, within them <laughs> that is super untapped, so I'm very excited for it. 
So the big thing um, for Ross Lynch, mm-hmm. his show was called Austin and Alley. Yeah, no idea. I don't know, but I know that was a pretty big show. I, I, I have no idea. Like, flipping channels, I would see his, like, blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> he does have beautiful blonde hair. I will he's, say a, that. he's a young, beautiful man. How old know? is he, by the way? He's 22 now. Okay, so. thank God. I was so worried. <laughs> I was just like, you got a body. And I just scared. read here, uh, he's uh, slated to appear as Sabrina Spellman's boyfriend, Harvey Kinkle, in the Netflix upcoming Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. So I assume some kind of Sabrina the Teenage Witch oh, okay. thing. <laughs> Whatever. <right>. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good job. Uh, Alex Wolf plays yes. Durf. Mm-hmm. He's another guy from the Disney Channel. The Naked Brothers Band was his show. <gasps> he was a Naked Brothers Apparently band? Apparently he was a Naked Brother. Okay, I don't. I, it's not like I've watched that show. I'm just saying, I did have a younger brother at the time that did. Got, you kind of got excited there. Well, no, because I recognized that name. Uh, the only other thing that was recognizable was Jumanji. Oh, he was in the new Jumanji. He's in the new Jumanji. Yeah, yeah, okay. which I hadn't seen, but I was like, oh, okay. I know this Jumanji. is what happened. Oh, he's also in um, that Patriot Day. Which is know. like that uh, Boston Marathon movie with Mark Wahlberg. <gasps> oh shit! No way. He's one of like the bombers. Oh wow! Look at me being so into true crime, and I didn't know about this one. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, I'll have to go check that out. And then there's um, Anne Heche. Oh, she's been in everything. Probably the most established actor. Oh, she was so good in this cast. Too. I know her from the the remake of Psycho. Yeah. She's also Six Days, Seven Nights. Mm-hmm. Volcano, mm-hmm. which was on TV the other day. Oh, I love it. I love. <laughs> that's the only thing other than like true crime that I'm really interested in is those like kind of bad natural disaster nice. movies. That was a good. Era Sharknado is included in that. <laughs> it's a natural disaster in very many aspects. And then, uh, yeah, Anne Heche, like, she's almost unrecognizable in this role. Um, well, I was going to say that about Dallas Roberts. And another person who's an awesome actor, Dallas Roberts, <sighs> who plays the father, Lionel, mm-hmm. also unrecognizable. Um, he He's from a lot of stuff. Dallas Buyers Club is what I was thinking. Law and uh, Order. He was in a lot of Law and Order stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Walking Dead, 310 to Yuma, he had a big role in. So, right. So, and he's an awesome actor. Oh, he's great. Dr. Matthews is played by Vincent... Was he in Mad Men? Yes. Okay, he was in Mad Men. I recognize his face from Mad Men, but Vincent Carthizier? Yeah, yeah. Not very good at the last name. Sorry, Vincent. But he's also also like a cool actor. Again, I've seen him in Mad Mad Men. And the only two other notable people in this, I think, are Tommy Nelson is Mm. one of the friends and Harrison Holzer. And I think they're relatively unknowns. Okay. Um, small cast. Good for them, though. Small cast. But they were able to get some pretty decent people. I mean, they're all talented. I will yes. say that. All um, talented and all, like, known, you know, in terms of... I didn't know Ross Lynch necessarily. Well, neither but, did I. I no but idea. clearly, he has a following. Yeah. Saw some interviews with him, though. He seems a, li- he seems a little bit of a... Flighty. Fli- like a we'll flighty... Like, I'm not going to diss you, Ross Lynch. I'm... I think you did awesome in this role. If you listen to my podcast, right? I think uh, you're cute. I think, yeah, you know, you're a good-looking guy. I think you have an <laughs> awesome career ahead of you, right? Um, definitely, though, seems a little like he's got that teen idol personality. Yeah, definitely. Like. Well, that's why I liked Alex Wolf so much. I definitely was crushing on Alex Wolf. Um, he has such like a like a grounded like kind of feel to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in this 
film as well, but just like seeing him in interviews as well. He's just chill guy. Yeah. Super chill guy. He definitely, of the two of them, seems more chill. Uh, I did see some interviews with him too. Right. I saw one on MTV that was just like, oof. I, I, it's funny (laughs) that they they promoted this film kind of, when they promoted it, which was not a lot, but they promoted it for like a, a young adult audience, which I think is... Well, it's because they're all coming from young, (laughs) young stuff. And I mean, even like what I would think of is like, oh, if your little sister was watching Disney with Ross Lynch, you're still going to be in that vicinity as well. That's being true, like that's a true. 16, 17 that's year That's kind of why you went a little crazy for the Naked Brothers band there. Yeah, there you, you go. Know? No, it's like, I did, yeah, I did. That's how I didn't relate. go crazy, guys. <laughs> I just went, oh, I remember this very calmly. That's how I did but it. But I would say this film <laughs> is really well casted. Yeah. What did you think uh, of uh, Ross Lynch's performance of Jeffrey Dahmer? Oh my gosh. It was, uh, it was fantastic. Um, so yeah, knowing, of course, the backstory of Jeffrey Dahmer and then uh, seeing some of the trial, which some of it was televised, so I was lucky enough to see that on the YouTube. He had his uh, body language on Pat, the way he would walk into a room. It was very, very well done. Awesome. The physicality of that actor is is something definitely to to highlight. He he even film. admitted that one of the big reasons for taking this film is to kind of break from that Disney thing. Oh yeah. Now I don't know if playing um, in Sabrina. Teenage Witch reboot is going to break that, right. but but uh, I hope he gets a chance to do more work like this because I think he did a really awesome job. Yeah, no, he and, really, really did. Like he he killed it. Oh, that's a really bad turn. What? <laughs> Come on, Brian. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, did not mean no. to say that. He did very well. Yeah, <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, and I I just I appreciated his performance because mm-hmm. he didn't freaking. He didn't mail it in. He didn't ham it up. No, exactly. Yeah. You could have totally played it like that. And you get the stereotype of a lot of, like, people who are famous from, like, Disney stuff just aren't going to be workers. And this guy was definitely, to me, a worker. Oh, yeah. Like, he just, you know. Really embodied the character. Yes. And and just, you know, focused and was present in every scene. He wasn't Mm -hmm. trying to steal it as Ross, you know. No, not at all. Like, he was, he was, he was. He was Jeffrey Dahmer, you know. Yes. Which was, if you're gonna do something like this, that that's true to the story, and you're gonna have, you're gonna try to get people question things. Mm-hmm. You want it to be like that. You don't want it to be distracted by no name actors. Even the name actors in this film, mm-hmm. like I said, are unrecognizable. Yeah. Like I would not, if I didn't know that was Anne Heche, I would be like, oh, that voice is kind of familiar a little bit, but like it wouldn't have. Right. It was. There's nothing striking here. Like, oh, I know that guy, or I know that girl. Like, right. Nothing took me out of it. It felt like I was definitely present in the story. So that's I definitely good. liked the choices. I know a lot of the choices were probably uh, for budget reasons but from seeing the director speak mm-hmm. it seems like he really got the cast he wanted which is yeah awesome. yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and i think it was a good good one so i mean let's dive dive into this film are there, are there any like scenes or moments that you want to talk about or, or highlight or um i mean just like again from the factual standpoint i love the you know, that they filmed in the house. Unfortunately, they weren't able to film at his high school, which Mm, was Revere High School. Uh, But it had been upgraded so much that it was totally modernized, unrecognizable. So it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was fine. Um, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, there there are a lot of scenes that I really, really loved. Um, Going from, like, I guess starting a little early was that first scene when he's on the bus. 
and you can kind of like tell that this kid is very to himself, very quiet, and then he sees the jogger, which would be the beginning of kind of his infatuation, or his first almost kill, actually. And the jogger turns out to be the doctor, correct? Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was actually a doctor, and all that did happen with that like one doctor scene, um, but he definitely was into a jogger that would jog by his house every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Because just to jump ahead, there's that scene later with the bat. Yes. Where I assumed he's waiting for the jogger. Yes, he was waiting for the jogger um, at that time. And I think what happened was that jogger had a sprained ankle. And so he didn't jog that day. But he definitely would have been. Is this something that he's confessed? Or do you know? Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is something that Jeffrey did uh, talk about was that was going to be his first kill. Wow. Wow. So, I mean, (laughs) if you're that jogger today, you might be like. Oh, my God. I wish. Well, (laughs) I don't know. I I think it's good that we don't know who he is because I'm sure he doesn't want to know who he is. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I know. I know. But, yeah, that, that, uh, that first scene was really great. And then the one following about the jogger. <clears throat> was really fantastic. I loved that. Um, well, well, something that stuck out to me is yeah. um, throughout it, again, I think there's like a, I don't want to say stereotype because maybe it's true. You might have more insight than me. But mm. like the whole, how he was, uh, the dead animals thing. Yeah. I, I'm assuming that's true, right? Like uh, About him uh, just putting them in acid yeah. and everything? Yeah. No. Because um, he later put his victims in acid, correct? Yeah. Yes, he did. Like in big barrels, um, he would also drill holes and put acid in their heads while they were still alive. I mean, make no mistake. This guy is like a monster. No, know? he's an absolute like, monster. Like, this is not, I don't want to sound like even on this podcast, but maybe not even in the film too. Well, I mean, this is a good time to ask it. Yeah. Do you think that... The filmmakers try to find too much sympathy? A little bit. Um, I mean, again, you know, everyone starts out as a human being. Everyone starts out as a Mm -hmm. a baby, a child. Um, But I think uh, this film was very much trying to humanize him. And I guess the question becomes, and and I don't know the answer, like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, I mean, I'm sure if you're a family of a victim... Then it's not. Like, yeah, he hasn't... Like, what has he done really to earn this? Like, the absolute opposite as a human being, but, like... thing is, though, is that, like, even with humanizing someone like Jeffrey Dahmer, he's still a weirdo. He's still a fucking weirdo. I don't think think the movie goes as far to apologize for him, which is good. Well, because they showed him also um, killing animals. One scene that I really enjoyed was uh, him picking up the roadkill, the cat which actually I found out was an actual cat, a taxidermy cat. Isn't that fun? Um, Movie magic. (laughs) It was an actual cat. Uh, But uh, him picking up the cat and these two kids going like, hey, Dahmer, what's in the bag, man? And him showing them the cat and then going like, oh, come see this shit. And then we really getting to see the hut and all of the jars of different roadkill of animals. Like that was was really fascinating to me. Now at this point, in mm-hmm. the film, or even in his life, like he wasn't killing the animals; he was just no. picking up dead animals. Well, his early life, uh, I think, like the first thing his dad had said of him being around bones and shit like that was when he was cleaning out uh, the uh, under the house. I guess they had like a little space where animals mm. would go to die sometimes, <laughs> and uh, 
foreshadowing and uh he was he was cleaning out the bones and little jeffrey really loved the sound of hearing the bones kind of clank in the tin pail um so i mean there was some of that but him killing animals was in high school it was in high school I, there's like two kind of just thriller, or I don't want to say thriller, but like spooky-ish yeah. scenes to me. And one of them was when he has that dog. Oh, I'm like, don't everyone. Kill the dog. Don't kill the dog. Oh, yeah. No, everyone in the theater was freaking out. And me and my uh, other true crime buddy, uh, Nate. Uh, shout out to Nate. Shout out to Nate Bettencourt, <laughs> super awesome guy. We were just sitting back going like, nah, not yet. <laughs> Not yet, because it was towards uh, when he became a heavy alcoholic when oh, he started okay. doing that, okay. and it was just like I, I think it's also it's kind of speculated, but also you know it's it's pretty known that he was killing like some neighborhood cats and stuff like that, which is part of the trifecta of serial killers is like what is the trifecta? The, oh yeah, yeah, of course. I'm sorry, I was talking over you. Um, trifecta is wetting the bed, arson, and killing animals. Okay. So he definitely had the. The killing animals on on Pat. Yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I mean that like just a, as a scene. I mean, it's, it was, isn't it, it the fun? It's the funniest thing to me how we could see so much death happen on screen when it ha- like humans mm-hmm. and we're less sympathetic than when you kill a dog on screen. Well, I mean, because the dog looks so happy just to be around and him. I was gonna say they picked the happiest looking oh, dog my God, in I the know. world. You're just like, like, where are we going? Do, don't you dare kill that dog! Oh, I know. Yeah, I was even kind of worried about it because I didn't know how Hollywood they would yeah, go. Yeah, I mean, you would and I was think... just like, really, guys, you're gonna do this? Thankfully, um, thankfully, the dog does survive. And yeah. I, and I know that again. That must sound terrible. Like, oh, thankfully, but yet this guy turns into a murderer. Right, right. right. We're talking about just watching this on screen because I think a lot of people might have turned the film off. Oh, I'm sure. Or walked out if he just like you see him slaughter the dog right there. And again, yeah, I understand. I recognize that's like one of the hypocritical things about human beings. Like yeah. Just how, how much uh, cute animal sympathy we have, but that was definitely one of the scenes where I was kind of on edge. And this is not a film where you're necessarily on edge it's just more yeah. like a well it's very like it's kind of sleepy it's kind of a sleepy film it's like, a it's, slow build yes and, it's a very yeah slow build like awesome. i said it's a, it's a study piece were there any other scenes that you thought were interesting or stuck out i loved the scene at the dinner table when uh joyce had undercooked the chicken and she then goes to say which is one of my favorite lines of the whole film which is so foreshadowing is, well, we eat our mistakes. Oh, wow, yeah. And Jeffrey Dahmer was a known cannibal. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That That is cool. Yeah, that one definitely spoke to me. What did you sure. think, I guess, overall of the family dynamic in the film? Hey, Dad. Hey. Um, Join a lot of new clubs. I think you'd be proud. Hi. That is great news. This doesn't belong there. This. Okay. This doesn't belong Jesus. here. Hi. Hi, kids. Why do I always have to do this? I, I am working on that. Yeah. Joyce, get that back. Give it back. Don't. 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 I'm a group therapy group. Well, at least I am finishing something, oh. please. I'm not finished. Hand it over! Hand it! It's not that they do that a lot. What did you tell your parents there, Brian? Huh? What did you tell them? What did Lionel tell your parents? What? You! What did he tell your parents? Oh. The Stevens. He told the Stevens' parents something. What did he tell them? 
Oh, the, I, I'm not the Steve. The Stevens are not my parents. Uh-huh, sure. What do you tell your parents? Mom. What? Mom, nothing. This is dark. Jesus, Joyce, will you just leave the kids out of it, please? Get off. I have a job. I don't need you. I'm sorry. I thought it was portrayed from what I read, from what I've like learned through interviews and stuff. I, I thought it was portrayed very, very well. That one scene where uh, Joyce, Jeff, Jeffrey Dahmer's mother, was dropping off the kids at the hotel that Lionel was staying at after um, they were going through divorce mm-hmm. proceedings, where she kind of hits him with the files and his glasses fall off. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. There's violence. There's <laughs> there's like some violence that I'm sure people watching the film who had no idea what what was going to be happening. There was that little bit of like, oh my god, uh-huh. this is like physical, domestic fighting, and that one was just you know anything with like a mom and dad fighting is just like scary. But especially again, him at that age. Um, these are just all factors. Like I'm. I don't know. I'm I'm not qualified enough to like really get into like what he was thinking. Oh yeah. But I have to imagine is. that kind of stuff like didn't help. Oh, I'm sure it didn't. Well, I mean, like his whole thing, um, you know, after the fact was I wanted them to stay with me as long as I wanted them to stay with me. His victims. His victims. Um, he again. He you know he was saying how the killing part was the least favorable, but for them staying around long was his goal. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I guess that kind of sheds light as to the family dynamic that he was in about his mom being very mentally disturbed and his father not knowing how to deal with it and kind of running away. Um, again, no excuse, no. but definitely sheds light as to why he did some of the things that he did. Yeah, I mean, you, you just never know. Um, I mean, look, who knows what would have happened. I, I hate playing, like, the speculation game. Yeah, but, me too, I know. Well, that's, I mean, all it, of this. It's, it's, this movie makes you think. This movie makes you think weird questions, like, mm-hmm. like did he did he have to become a serial killer? Like, you know, could, could he have been helped somehow? And, you know, yeah. we don't know the answers to these questions, but it's something that this movie really thinks, uh, makes you, you think about. Oh, absolutely. And it's really, again, it's topical because we go back to that whole bullying thing mm-hmm. and it just, you really see like the psychological elements of bullying. And ironically, you know, Durf is the one who ends up writing this graphic novel. I know. That's what was so weird too, like, was that he was one of the perpetrators of this bullying. Um, and then he goes on to kind of get something out of I, I think so, weird, right? Like, it's a, I mean, honest, like, I'm just gonna be honest. Sounds like I'm judging him, but, no, but it's a little uncomfortable. It is. Then again, we are consumers. We're the people yeah, yeah, who, are, yeah. who are buying it and watching it. So, mm-hmm. so it's you know, if he is part of the system, if this is a bad system, then so are we. Oh, absolutely. Which makes I totally it admit more, to that 100. percent It makes it even yeah, it makes it even more uncomfortable. Right. Um, just like the whole yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer, to some people, might even be more of a character than a real person, which is like unfortunate. But I think that this film shines light rather than glorifies, if that makes sense. Okay, I would agree with that. You know, it's the, mm-hmm. it's not he's not a hero here, and no. I don't I don't think anyone watching this is like, 
Oh, that's why he ended up being a serial well, killer. Well, and he wasn't like a cool guy. No, Like, no. you don't want to hang out with Jeffrey Dahmer. You don't. Even, no. you know, even these times where I'm like, oh, I feel bad for him. I still don't want to hang out with this guy. I think it just shows that even in the monster of monsters that there are certain um, human and redeemable qualities in, mm-hmm. in everybody. There's, you know, but it's still... I would say it's a very, very small part of his of his whole thing. Oh, obviously, yeah. like you know, he turned out to be one of the most notorious, you know, monsters of all time. Right. It's it's it, this isn't a guy, you know. Well, at and, least of the yeah, this the eighties and nineties, I would say. It's because they're all. I mean, every decade has a few. <sighs> I mean, because during this time we also had Ted Bundy. We had. Um, uh, uh, Brunos. We had uh, Gacy, I think it was in 68. I'm not sure. Um, you know, every you know every decade has its its bad ones. So Search goes on in San Francisco for the man known as the Zodiac Killer. The elements involved today included psychiatrists, astrologists, and police guards for school buses. I think it's Ted Cruz, right? Isn't that what people say? <laughs> yeah, they do say it. Which I love. <laughs> I love. I love that theory because um, there are some things that link him <laughs> to great. to where, it, it, which is fascinating. But it's not Ted Cruz. If that it is, be... then that's going to be the coolest fucking thing. <laughs> I don't want to glorify the killer here. Yes. But if you know, if it turns out being Ted Cruz, oh man, somebody had to have done it, right? Someone has to be a Zodiac killer. If someone has to be it, I want it to be Ted Cruz, even though I know it's not. <laughs> Happen. Honestly, my theory is is that he was uh, an ex-cop and that he's dead now. Wow. That would be heavy. It's mine. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it, but yeah. Cool, man. Perhaps on another... I wish Zodiac was a high school film or something. See, okay, so that was... Oh, one. yeah, the, Zo- the Zodiac when he's in high school and he's just See, wearing a hood the whole time. That was one... <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my fears, though, with this film. Like, was it something like that? You know how there's so oh, many, Oh, that it's like, all, like, spooky, spooky. Or, like, yeah, kind of. Yeah. But, like, for instance, the only thing that's coming to my mind right now is, like, how they made, like, a Sex in the City kind of pre-thing with, like, the Carrie oh. Diaries, it was called. Like, Carrie in high school. And, like, I was afraid this was going to be, like kind of a tongue-in-cheek like just yeah. we're in high school like you know like almost not like comedy but like a gore thing where yeah just, i was worried about that or too, like serial killer high or something like that's oh my god can you imagine <laughs> i i'm afraid that one day we'll get there though you know i just hope like, not i hope not too, that's just gonna belittle exactly. everything more so than it is now and that's when it that's when it, things kind of go too far i think well that's why i'm a little nervous about i mean it looks good you know the ted bunny movie coming out it looks it looks great but i'm still a little bit nervous about it our friends on the network at cage club mm-hmm. who do zach attack or did I'm, i don't know if that show's still going on it might be i'm gonna but check it out they're super excited for that one because you're right he does look like him it's like if you do the pictures i don't know if you've done it but like the pulling up pictures of him in that turtleneck Ugh. it's insane um i actually when i was in nashville uh like two hours away unfortunately there is a, a true crime museum where they have ted bundy's beetle like the car they also like- have oj's bronco Wow. I, I was almost like, should I pretend like my flight got canceled so I can go and see this? Um, yeah, so I'm really excited for that film. And that, out. again, but that, something like that kind of straddles the line, right? Like, it's, I would be very curious if that museum were, like, like, 
back oh, to crying like Kong, that glorifying when, when thing. you said like it's like very you know victim supportive uh, yeah i would hope the museum is too oh yeah well i mean these are monsters it's a zoo essentially is what this uh museum is i would i don't know i would hope that i mean that's how i would do the pr of it <laughs> um but again, we, we can't forget who these guys are because then we won't know who to look out for. Of course. And that's why I think this movie does serve its purpose because mm-hmm. it's, it's... It gives you those red flags. Definitely. And, and I, don't, I don't think you should assume every weird kid in your high school is a serial killer either. I don't know. <laughs> just kidding. No, <laughs> no, just kidding. No, no, no. But it's true. Like, you don't want to do that either. But, but like... It's such, a, it's such a hard subject, which is why I'm so interested in and it. That, and that's what's great about this film because I think you could have fucked this film up so much and they didn't do that. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's nice. Oh, one scene that I definitely want to bring up because yeah, it's please. very, very high school and something I, I like talking about on this show mm-hmm. is, is the whole prom thing. I was actually, I was actually going to bring that one up too. But yeah, please. So I mean, on. just what did you think of that scene? I, guess. I loved it. It was, it was literally a, it was almost a dare. It was a, it was an under the breath dare. I bet no one would go to high school with you. And he manipulated a girl to go. And he left halfway through, which let me tell you, my freshman year, I got asked to my senior prom and I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have left. Halfway so as through. a freshman, you went. Yeah, I was asked prom. to go. Yeah, I was asked to what go. What happened? If you don't mind um, well, no, I don't mind because this guy was an asshole. Uh, no, what happened was, is that uh, I was supposed to go with this guy. I think his name was Travis. I don't recall. Um, I was Travis feels like a very Texas name. Yeah, it really is, uh, surprisingly. Um, so I was supposed to go with this guy, Travis, and halfway through, like, getting ready for prom and everything, like, the week leading up, he was like, oh, actually, how about, how about you go with this guy named Paul, and I'm going to take this other girl. What? Not her fault that she was taken, so I won't say her name. But how about you go with him instead, and then we could all just go together. I felt so shitty. Uh, oh, my know, God. I was, a, like, what, traded, essentially. What a rotten thing to it do. It was horrible, and, you know, like you know, Paul was super nice and very gentlemanly and it was, it was fine. But I was just like, I just don't want to be here because it was so gross. Wow, yeah. That so that to... scene actually really spoke to me. I was like, going to say, it must have resonated. Not that definitely Jeffrey don't. Dahmer took you to. Well, I mean, I, I wish I would have gone to eat burgers instead of stayed there for sure. Um, but that's a, that's a true thing. He did leave halfway through. I was going to ask, is there any truth to the scene? Because I think this is my favorite scene of the film. Oh, yeah. He left her. He was he was challenged. Um, I mean, I want to backtrack a bit. Like, yeah. was he gay, Jeffrey Dahmer? Or yes. was it just like a psychological? No, so he was he gay. Was, okay, He's so gay. he was gay. Does, did he have that uh, some kind of relationship with that kid? Yes. Okay. Like the one... It in, was never sexual, but yes. Like, oh, I know you love Neil Sedaka. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I, you know what, I've been meaning to, to listen to that, um, but I have not heard that music at all. Maybe I'll do that on the way back. Yeah. It's funny because on one of the earlier episodes, the first episode of this podcast, uh-huh. um, oh, yes. High School Slumber Party. We cover Better Off Dead, mm-hmm. which uses Breaking Up is Hard to Do, which is a Neil Sadaka song, which I play. Really? Yeah. No which, way. Which I played as one of the intro things. Yeah. And then I saw that, and it's oh, it's like saying. it's old person music, you know? Even at the time, it was old person music, so it's very interesting. That's a really interesting yeah, look like into that character, rock and those roll. both characters. Yeah, it's not like rock and roll. It's like He's very like like an old kind of... <laughs> Hey. Teeny bop crooner. I got tickets. Not really a crooner, but yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, but like, and then I was like, really? He was, he was into that. Just that's, seems so. That's my favorite. Yeah. That's so weird. So okay, so the, no so then that relationship was real. Yeah. With that other kid. I don't know if that kid. It was very short lived. 
from what I But I just understand. wasn't sure if he was, like, actually... Like, again, his sexual orientation has nothing to do with the fact no. that he's a killer. I just want to make that clear. I guess it may- gave him more opportunity to find people. Well, I would say probably more the people who are his speed. I, gu- I guess it may be more... No, I-, I think it gave him opportunity to find people who maybe didn't have family members to look mm. out for them. Oh, at the time. Given the time. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's, what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. That makes sense, then. I didn't think of it But that I mean, way. like, him being gay wasn't a predatory thing it was just a this is how i am this is what i'm going to look out for yeah yeah no and and that's like so that's why it relates to the prom scene because he clearly in the film depicts it he's not necessarily into his date in any kind of way but just to accept the challenge that was issued by one of his friends who i think he just says like oh you know no one's going to want to take jeffrey dahmer to prom or something right and he says he kind of accepts that challenge and well, he was he was actually a a really good talker. Um, there had been many times when he had been caught by police. Um, one time in particular, uh, one of his victims was a fourteen year old boy. Ran out into the street. Um, sorry, it's going to get really dark. Uh, ran out into the street. Police came because people had called, and Jeffrey came out going like, "Well, it's just a lovers' quarrel." Oh yeah, and the, the police escorted song. the little boy back into his house. Which to get is isn't that crazy? crazy? But I mean, it just goes to show, like, sometimes the most charming people are the worst. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look out, is, ladies. But, but um, this scene, yeah, this is what this movie does well. No, this was like, this was a specific incident. It was creepy. And no, or not perfect. I bet it was a coven of witches. Coven, me and coven. It's coven. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. There's, there's been a reported rise in satanic witch cults. According to what? According to what? Where? Everyone. Everyone. All right, you know what you should do? You should get one of the witch cults to wish in their cauldron to get you a prom date. That's all. That's all you should Mike's looking for a prom date. Oh, yeah, and uh, Dirk's planning to put you up for prom king. Doesn't matter. This isn't a girl within 50 miles of this place who would go to prom with Dahmer. No? It shows that, wow, this guy, he's not stupid, you know? He's no. hes super manipulative in, like, an intelligent way. I could see... I don't think the girl was stupid either. I think, like, he made valid arguments for her to go to him with prom. It was social, so, social arguments, yeah. Don't you just want to be normal? Yeah, it made sense. Aren't you, don't you want to be cool? You know, you're a freshman. you got to start now. And like you said, that moment, that moment where he just, like, says... I think he says he's going to the bathroom, and he just books it it's just like almost like mission accomplished to him yeah he's like i did my job Ugh, it's, it's eerie it's gross another another um scene that i did want to ask about it comes earlier on their trip mm-hmm. um to washington but i just want to set the oh tone. yeah and i did read that he actually did meet uh walter mondale who was mondale, vice, yes. vice president at the time yeah he how, did how fascinating so that was like, that was another um instance where he was uh uh you know, dared to do something, and he did it. Yeah, so if you haven't seen the film, which if you haven't and you're listening this far into the podcast, it's very silly. Watch the film. That was your homework. Yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> backtrack. you know, they're, they're in D.C. They're on a, a school trip. Mm-hmm. Somebody, I guess, sees a little challenge that, you know, they can't see the president or the vice president. Yeah. Gets on the phone and makes it happen. And it's yeah. just a very brief meeting, and it actually happened. And him and his friends had, like, a very brief conversation. Yeah. And, you know, he said that he wanted, he wanted to go into biology in the yeah. future, which was just Woof. 
<laughs> I think him uh, uh, posing in all the club pictures is true as well, which yeah, I would love to see scene. that fucking yearbook. That they ended up blocking him out with like with yeah, the t- uh, yeah. I think it was like that. And that was another one of these like Jeffrey Dahmer fan club things where they had mm-hmm. him pose in every yearbook photo, which I think is hilarious. That was that- a great prank. That is a great prank. I loved I mean, it. I just wish it wasn't with him. No, of like, course not. But if it was like you or me, yeah, how hilarious would that be? That's amazing. Like it's and, and again, that's why I feel like I would have taken part in things like this. Right. So it's scary to think about. Um, I don't blame them, but I think it's something that maybe... Well, how could they have known? Exactly. They how don't have they the have responsibility. Known? But I think it's something that we can see now if we're ever in a mentoring role mm-hmm. of children, whether being like a parent or you know, whatever, and to be like, hey, maybe that fun and games you're having with this kid isn't as fun as you think. Well, that one scene at the mall where they were paying him to do something. Yeah. The- him to do the Dahmer, but it was so much that he scared people that I think they could have stopped. And that's a great... That was too that's much. That's a great scene, too, because it, it comes at a perfect time. And I don't know about, like, the chronology of this film, and it, it really doesn't matter. It, it comes at a perfect time. Because you're seeing... Like a lot of these things, and you know, like we said, we're right now we're complimenting this uh, yearbook thing as being funny. And, well, and, it was, and it, exactly, it was absolutely funny. And then when you get to this moment, you're like, okay, maybe this is going well, a little that far. That was too yeah. much. Well, he was also drunk off his ass. Jeffrey Dahmer was a huge alcoholic, starting when he was 15. <sighs> Which is yeah, and then they're very clear in depicting that too. That's not yeah, one of yeah, these, like, little hidden secrets in this film. It's He's my like, medicine. It's my it. medicine. Yeah. You mentioned though when we first started that there is a scene that is not exactly accurate. Or yeah, um, actually, that scene was when uh, Durf was leaving for college and he picked up his last check at the grocery store that he used to work at, and he's driving home and he sees Dahmer walking home. He picks him up. Durf at this time, um, and he says this in interviews, like b- before this happened, uh, or before this was supposed to happen, uh, Durf was already like, I don't want to hang out with this guy anymore. He gives me the creeps. Mm. It was actually at the mall, going to the mall, is when oh, he okay. figured out, I'm never going to hang out with this guy again. Um, but that scene of him uh, picking up Dahmer as he's walking home, and then the whole like Dahmer going up behind him with the bat, that never happened. What actually happened was it was another one of the friends that saw him walking home, picked him up, talked to him in the car, and then just dropped him off. That whole alluding to him murdering one of his friends never happened. Okay. So I that was the Hollywood. That was the bit of Hollywood and then, drama. I mean, that makes sense because I was going to say in my notes I wrote this is the most Hollywood scene in here. That and that was it. Because I didn't. I mean, whether it happened or not, it's the scene that's like one of the most chilling scenes. Oh no, the main character that we're supposed to like might get killed. Exactly. And I think, though, like, as a film, as, like, if you want to call this more of, like, a docudrama, then then it's not great for that. But as a film, like, structure-wise, it might be a little necessary. And this is why, this is where we tread some weird water here. Because I get why they put it in. I'm not, I like realism, so I'm not necessarily a fan of it, knowing that it's not true. But I get why they put it in, because it's one of these things where, this is a film about a serial killer, and we don't get a killing. You know? Yeah, you don't. It, it, I mean, he picks up his victim, but you never see it. Yeah, you don't see. Which it. I was kind of thankful for. It doesn't end with a killing. It doesn't start with a killing. There's no human who dies in this film. Right. And it's that to me is more of something where I think they wrote it in and they put it in just to try to see if they could salvage like that 
that percent who was going to the movies and thinking that this might be that kind of thriller. Just like the dog saying. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I did love that scene. It's not like I'm, I'm bashing it. Um, no, no, it's a good scene. It's no well pun acted. intended. Um, oh, boy, whoops. we are bad well, at the puns today. Well, hey, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Um, I mean, I did love that scene because it was that scene, you know, that one line that Durf said, like, hey, man, you know, we were just having fun. And it was kind of like, like, oh, okay, you know what you are doing. You're kind of apologizing for it, kind of belittling the situation of, like, kind of making fun of him, bringing him into the club mm-hmm. thing. And uh, I, I just really loved that back and forth. I really did. And, you know, Jeff saying, you know, I'm just like everybody else. No, you aren't. But, you know, I'm just like everybody else. How would you come in for a drink? I, I did love that scene. So I'm because not, it I'm makes not bashing it. poetic sense, you know, despite it not being real. Exactly. Well, yeah, it kind of does because, you know, like if you're really paying attention, it's like, yeah, Durf was kind of a fucking asshole. And does, he, does the book come off that way at all? No. Mm, okay, good to know. No. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was anything like alluding to that last scene in the graphic novel that I don't recall. Hmm. I wish I would have... It's one of these Done things too, and, and I know we both like this film. Um, yeah. But it's one of these things too. Like I, I, it's always I'll see it probably twenty times, and I'll still think the same way. Like I don't know if I would have made this film because I would be like more torn about doing it than at least what the director seems to be feeling when I've seen interviews of him and the lead actor. They're you know they're totally about like. I didn't see much sympathy from them, I guess, or, or like empathy towards Dahmer, yes. Yeah, but, yeah. But in interviews, it was more about like, and I guess to make this, you kind of have to detach yourself a little yeah. bit, or, or then you're just not going to be able to probably do your job, but it seemed more like a, uh, definitely more of a film to them than like a true, trying to tell a true story. I know that's like a weird convoluted way, but this is a, this is a weird... Well, you kind of have to do that with the subject matter. Yeah. Um, which is exactly why I'm so interested in profiling these guys. You you have to just look at the evidence and be unbiased, but still not necessarily understanding. That's not the right word, but going like, okay, well, these are the, the situations he was put into before all these things happened. How can we link all this? It's very... It's very separate mm-hmm. but you're still aware yeah and i think that's what this film did it kind of took a back seat to all these horrible things jeffrey was going through but you were still not being sympathetic yeah and you know? yeah, exactly and that's where i think it does succeed because right. I, 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 said, I think i said it before it more shines a light than it does elevates exactly and so on this podcast we like to uh, rate things on a one to five scale but oh, Lord. I, we try to find something in the film to rate it on mm-hmm. rather, rather than saying five out of five um prom hamburgers or what were you gonna say hamburgers let's do hamburgers prom hamburgers hamburgers prom in the car because that is not offensive it's not offensive you would have done that yourself absolutely 100 percent. i would so, i wish i did so how many prom hamburgers would you, <laughs> would you rate this film and why okay um i would rate this i'm teetering between three and a half to four because I love the discussions that it um, kind of illuminates between people watching it. I love how factual it was. 
Obviously, being a true crimer, I enjoy the genre. Uh, the acting was fantastic. Costumes were great. Uh, dialogue was awesome. And like, so yeah, I would I would actually let me just say I'm gonna give it a four. Go for it, four. Yes, I'm gonna say four. Not not to copy you, but I think I'm gonna give it a four as well. A four. Mm-hmm. Prom hamburgers. Yes, prom hamburgers. <laughs> because it was pleasantly surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't think the trailer does it justice. No. But it, it because it's not that kind of film. But if you're generally someone who's interested in this kind of stuff, you're really going to love this film. Absolutely. I, I have a hard time believing that if you're someone who's interested in, in true crime or a Jeffrey Dahmer story that you're not going to enjoy this film. Mm-hmm. Like we said, I think the only people who don't enjoy this film are probably people who are unfamiliar with the story or or people who... Want that slasher. Yes, want like a slasher film. Like came to the theater or watched this movie to be scared or to see gore. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you want to see this film and you're interested in that, that's fine, but this is not the film to see it no. with. Go watch another film, you know? You want to see a, a, a bloody prom, watch Carrie. You know, Ooh. great film, obviously. Uh, one of my picks, too. But that's not, you know, this kind of film. Right. This is more of a think piece. It's an interesting film. It's it's so well done, I think, for an independent film. Mm-hmm. And again, I really like it. So it's a solid four, which is kind of where the critic consensus was in the 80s, you know. And I only think, again, not to sound like a broken record, I only think it, it was lower by the audience because of expectations. Yeah. So definitely, you know, thank you for coming on, yeah. Alex. But... I want to take some time right now just to clarify. Sure. You're more than just this true crime person, you know. Yes, <laughs> thank you for clarifying that. So to I want your to, audience. <laughs> I want to <laughs> give. I want to give a little bit of, of time to just. First thing I'm going to ask, and this is probably going to be some true crime stuff here, but yeah. what podcasts are you listening to these days? I know you're a big podcaster, so. Yes, um, yes, uh, I do listen to all like the basic bitch true crime ones uh case file i think is really fantastic uh i am a murderino so my favorite murder is really great um i love npr i love listening to the news and that's not just about murder no it's not it's more political (laughs) which isn't you know whatever everyone's into politics nowadays um well as they should be of course uh but uh but um i have started listening to uh and this is just to get away from true crime all all the time which is another podcast um true crime all the time true crime all the time i like that (laughs) oh who i met they were really awesome guys um but is one called i i have to read it because it's so hard to say it it's called bitch sesh bitch sesh bitch sesh and it's about real housewives and i just think it's hilarious are you a fan of the real housewives um i would not call myself a fan i watch (laughs) i watch it when i'm hungover and i watch it um when i need to get away from serious stuff um so this is a podcast just kind of going going but you uh, understand the context of what they're talking about oh 100 percent. cold turkey listening to it oh no 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 (laughs) i mean like you know everybody everybody has those uh tv shows that you don't want to admit that you watch. Oh, also, uh, love Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat? What's that? <laughs> uh, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat is a political podcast um, hosted by Ben Kissel and produced by Marcus Parks, who is part of the last podcast uh, podcast tr- 
everything. Uh, they also do uh, a podcast called Last Podcast on the Left, which mm. talks about macabre stuff. Yeah, serial killer stuff, sure. Um, but like aliens, you know, you have like, uh, you know, the... Like everything, it, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So I'm this really one's a political one. Though. Yeah, this one's a political one. Um, it's a little bit silly though. So but that's fun. It's, yeah, it's a it's a lot of fun. I also really enjoy um, uh, uh, the No Sleep podcast, which is um, written horror stories that oh, actors cool. will oh yeah I've act heard out. Of this yeah, one. that one's really awesome. Um, Believe so. it or not, as someone who has their own podcast, I don't listen to too many podcasts. Really. I mean, I, I, I take oh. a lot of time making mine, I guess. Oh, I'm, always, yeah. I'm always asking for recommendations. Some of those sound pretty well, cool. Well, another one that I'm really, really into, uh, I can't believe that this wasn't the first one I screamed out, is called Your Mom's House. with Your uh, Mom's House. Your Mom's House, your mom's house with uh, Christiane Pajiski and Tom Segura. I am a mommy, and I wear my jeans high and tight. <laughs> what? Exactly. Just listen. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Definitely check that one out. Absolutely. So, Crime Con, the last thing I'm going to ask about it yeah. was in Nashville. I've never been to Nashville. All oh. my Nashville fans, what's up? Yeah. Holler. I'm a how, fan now. How is the food? Because everyone oh. says the food's awesome. Uh, I went to Edley's Barbecue. Big shout out to Edley's. Uh, fantastic. It was. I went to the one on Main Street. Um, the pulled pork was to die for, and the $6 margaritas uh were fantastic and he said to die for is that because it was crime con was there kind of some kind whoops of... yeah it's just part of my language These puns no but that, i know I that know. sounds awesome yeah i definitely gotta get out to nashville but yeah if if you are a true crimer definitely uh get your ticket for next year uh, is it gonna be in nashville again or? no this one's gonna be in new orleans oh the man big easy so oh, one of my favorite cities one oh i'm great. so i've never been so oh, we've i am... talked about this i'm actually wearing a two-lane shirt right oh, now. oh hey <laughs> i know someone from there my brother went to two-lane so um awesome like awesome. are you gonna go to that one? Oh yeah i already bought my ticket <laughs> oh wow it's already done so i will be calling out of work for that um yeah so that's gonna be really exciting too so definitely um if you're into it definitely check it out S- spoiler alert alex mm-hmm. and i also work together um, oh yeah yes we, we do actually have regular jobs we do you know, I, I wish guys this was my job maybe one day you guys can make it my job but not that we don't like our regular job. No, so, however, if you've heard the dog in the background, that was our boss's dog, Bo. Yeah, apologies so. for that. We really, <laughs> we really tried very hard to to squash that, but it's to just, insulate you know. it. No, but but yeah, uh, New Orleans Crime Con next year. Yes. Oh my God, that's it's gonna you're, be in you're June. Have though. So much fun. It's gonna be in June. Yeah. Wow, it's gonna be hot. I know. <laughs> that's why I'm just like, oh, do we want to? Oh, but the food is gonna be amazing. I'm mm-hmm. sure the. The lectures and the talks are going to be amazing, too. Oh, yeah. They were, yeah. Alex, it was a, definitely a pleasure to have you on. Thank you for, you know, enlightening me on this topic. You certainly knew more than I did. And even enlightening me on this film, because I ended up really enjoying this film. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anywhere people can follow you, or what are you up to? Uh, what's new with you, I guess? Or you don't want people to follow you? <laughs> like... No, I mean, it's okay that you follow me. I'm not really that interesting, um, believe it or not. But uh, I did just get a Twitter you can follow me. It's not like I say anything interesting, but I don't I'm, downplay it. Come oh, on. No, no, I really don't say anything interesting at all. I am uh, at ESS16 Alex. That's my Twitter. I think they call it a handle. Um, <laughs> and then you can also follow me on Instagram, which I'm a lot more active on. It's uh, this is Alex underscore dude. This is Alex dude. So you can follow me there. So any final words, Alex? 
Uh, I just really enjoyed speaking to you about this film. I'm really happy that you liked it. Again, you know, it, it's kind of hard for people to enjoy this kind of stuff if they aren't into it. So I'm really happy that you liked it. Yeah, no, definitely. Again, thanks for enlightening me on it, and thanks for coming to my slumber party. Yeah, it was so Thanks fun. for bringing your best jammies. Yeah, of Not course. Really, <laughs> Am I going to get in trouble because I'm a girl? No, no. No. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, no one's ever asked that question. <laughs> I have to think, like, I, I, I broke character there, and I'm like, you know oh, what? Sorry. Wow. No, I'm sorry. I'm no, I need, restart. A be- I, need, I need a better answer for that. God damn it. That's... <laughs> like, well, well thank you. you through the window. <laughs> thank you for enlightening me on that question as well, because <laughs> I, I'll, I'll come up with a better answer next time it's asked. Okay. Because um, I, I, I do try to maintain the illusion, even though it's tongue-in-cheek and everyone knows I'm joking around. Oh, of course. But then I don't have a... a a witty answer for that. God yeah, damn it, yeah, yeah. that sucks. Oh, I'm but, sorry. but again, thank you for coming. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the My slumber pleasure. Party. We'll definitely have you back. And uh, yeah, thanks. So, final disclaimer Alex is a normal person. She has more hobbies than just true crime and murderers and stuff like that. She's actually a very interesting and wonderful person with a lot of hobbies. She just happens to enjoy true crime and to be quite the expert on it, at least more than I am. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on. So homework assignments for next week. Pretty, pretty easy this week. Easy film to find. The film is... I don't know if it aged well, but we'll discuss it. The film's American Pie. You can find that anywhere. Oh, baby, you're so good. Oh, yes, I am the best. Uh... Something wrong with the reception? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I think he's trying to watch some illegal channels here. This is just a bad reception, honey. You're so big. What's that? I want the right time, the right moment, the right place. Not a space shuttle launch. It's sex. Tomorrow will just be some girl you go telling all your friends about. <laughs> no way. Hey, did you see uh, The Little Mermaid on TV the other night? No, the Ariel man, she's so hot. Well, this is the this is the uh, female form. Look at the expression on her face. She's kind of looking right into your eyes, saying, "Hey, big boy. Hey, how you doing?" There's gonna be an Eastern European chick naked in your house. You're not gonna do anything about that. What am I gonna do? Broadcast her over the internet? Yeah. Oh, this is incredible. If you ever had a chance with Nadia, this is it. Somebody's coming in there. That guy's in my trick class. Oh, no. More, more, you bad boy. Go trick, boy. Get your birthday. Touch me, Jim. Oh, no. Oh, no. Houston, we have a problem. Friends call me Nova. As in, uh, Casanova. (laughs) You actually said that? Yeah! All that you gotta do is ask them questions and listen to what they have to say and shit. I don't know, man. That sounds like a lot of work. From Universal Pictures. Sifu's mom. Are you trying to seduce me? Yes, ma'am, I am. Mom? Comes a brutally honest look. What exactly does third base feel like? Like warm apple pie. At that time in everyone's life. Huh? When we try to hold on to our dignity. Jim? American Pie. Well, we'll just tell your mother that, uh, that, uh, we ate it all.
trust me, that song is going to stay in your head for like a week. And good, because it's your homework assignment. Watch the film. Oh, and my guest next week will be my old partner, once again. He'll be here a lot, trust me, so you'll, you'll hear us a lot. My old partner, Kyle Reinfried. Can't wait to hear his thoughts on this film. I think he's a big fan. Uh, oh yeah, second assignment, duh. And this will be till it finishes, guys. Get John Cusack to not block me. Please. That's all I'm asking you. Can't be uh, too hard of a get. Speaking of Twitter, I guess. Follow me on Twitter. Well, follow the show, I should say. It's not just me. We all make the Slumber Party great. Uh, so that's High School Slumber Party on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Follow and listen to all the other great shows in the Cage Club Podcast Network. And uh, you know what? One more time, let's go out with some Neil Sadaka. Later, dudes. It's over. Go home. Go.